episode of mental health today we'll be talking about addiction about these symptoms uh, of you know how, how it's a symptom of, of, of deeper uh, deeper mental health uh, issues and also potential solutions um, to the deeper problems that can cause addiction um, I'll be joined I'll be joined by Rob today uh, you know he's a man of many talents uh, you know he, he 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 has involvement in a lot of different uh, organizations and causes and and you know he'll be able to to introduce himself uh properly you know you know in a second um but first i'd just love to say that if, if you're if you're listening and and if you suffer from addiction or you know someone close to you who does i'd encourage you you know to share this episode with them um just to you know let them know because uh, hopefully there'll be something that we discussed today that can actually really help them um, yeah, so Rob, if you wouldn't mind, firstly, I pre- I really appreciate you coming on as a guest today. Um, and if you uh, wouldn't mind just sort of sharing, you know, a little bit about yourself, uh, that would be great. Yeah, sure. Thank you so much for having me on here, Luke. Um, but yeah, my name's Rob and I'm a second year industrial design student at Loughborough University. And yes, as, as Luke has kind of uh, already alluded to, I'm involved in quite a lot of things of helping out with Anactus, which is focusing upon social enterprises. I'm quite entrepreneurial on the side of um, doing my industrial design studies. And I also run my own YouTube channel, which is all about public speaking, uh, called Rob Talks, which you can find on YouTube and you can find it on Instagram and Facebook. And that's all about focusing upon people's mental health and how I have been exploring the journey of uh helping and understanding mental health better and how to have a positive mindset and a mindset that can help you to lead a fulfilled life into the future. So as you can see, you know, Rob, you're, you're very qualified, uh, you know, to, to speak on this subject. And uh, like I said, every time we have a guest in, um, we, you know, the, the aim is to just give breathing space and, and allow them to, you know, share their own opinions. Um, I think we're going to start off today looking at some perhaps uh, lesser known statistics uh, concerning concerning addiction um I, I know a lot of the time we focus on drug abuse and alcohol abuse but but actually mm. um something me and rob you know have talked about in the past is is, is social media addiction and according to lefttronic.com internet and social media addiction affects up to 210 million people worldwide uh, in the US, you know, unfortunately, I couldn't find any uh, suitable statistics for the UK, but uh, I think it, it would tell a similar story. Um, four out of 10 young US adults, you know, uh, have, have sleep disruption and insomnia, which is caused by social media addiction. Um, mm. Moving on to the more, yeah, I, I, I don't want to say popular, but the more, the more you know, spoken about addiction, um, which is, you know, which I'll say is, is substance abuse. Um, over two, 23 million Americans aged 12 or older, most of them actually in the younger age category, um, struggle with a substance abuse disorder involving alcohol, illicit drugs or prescription medication. And actually added onto that, 
many millions more affected by the disease, such as spouses, partners, children, other family members, close friends, neighbours, and even co-workers. And those, those statistics are, are courtesy of northpointrecovery.com. Um, I, I think something as well that, that, that will be interesting to bring up is that actually uh, addiction is, is, is very much a subject which, you know, there still needs to be a lot more research into, I think. And, and due to that, we actually have two, uh, two definitions for it. Uh, the first is, is, again, the more well-known physical and mental dependency on a particular substance. And, and secondly, something we're going to talk about more today, um, it, it, addiction can also involve being enthusiastically devoted to a particular thing or activity. Um, the, the, three, the three main questions we'll be tackling today um, um, go as follows. So firstly, uh, in your opinion, what are the main symptoms of addiction and how can we look at these symptoms in our male friends and family members? And again, like I've said before, this podcast isn't limited to a male audience. And if you are, you know, if you are a, a, a woman and, and, you're, and you're listening in, um, I definitely think there's things today which 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 could help you in, uh, individually and also could help you be a support to, to those male friends and family members. Um, secondly, uh, most addictions stem from a deep rooted issue such as loneliness, depression and other common mental health issues. What do you think are the solutions that we can use to prevent deeper-rooted issues from growing into harmful addictions? And then thirdly, as, as we always like to do on, on this podcast, zooming out on a wider level, how can the government and institutions be more understanding towards those who suffer from addictive tendencies? Um, now, Rob, I'd love to hear your opinion you know, on the first question. So again, uh, just to reiterate, in your opinion, what would you say are the main symptoms of addiction and how can we look for these symptoms in, in those around us? Yeah, definitely, Luke. Thanks. Um, it's kind of one of those things that I think with the symptoms of addiction, when people actually sit down and you think about it, it's not always as clear as you think, because the first things that we always go to with addiction is always to, as you have said, um, substance abuse. And that is quite notable usually and is very clear um, because, of course, the physical effects that a drug can have um, from its misuse. But one of the things that I've been thinking about in terms of a symptom that I've even seen within people around me sometimes who maybe are kind of towards the beginning of an addiction or are very much addicted to something, it's that it's hiding that. And that's why I think there is a lot of things that are coming to the surface now at the moment, especially within our modern world, like social media addiction um, or pornography addiction and the alike, because it's something that's not recognized as much. And now it's getting recognized so much more. And that is a lot down to that people hide it. And that's, I think, is probably one of the main symptoms. If it's something that someone feels really uncomfortable about talking about and really struggles to highlight or even uh, take a step back to focus upon then I feel like there has to be something deeper there and there has to be a possibility of an addiction there yeah 100% and I would say harking back you know everyone I, I did uh, English literature you know a level and anyone listening who's done English literature will probably be will probably sigh as soon as I say the name but harking back to people such as Freud um, it, it is evident that there, there are real telltale symptoms if you're looking out for them, um, um, which which can actually hint at, at a much deeper um, level of trauma and, and mental health, uh, you know, issues. Um, I think 
if I was to sort of, you know, put that into practical terms, I, I think for, for people listening, I, I, I do think there's there's three main things to look out for. And if someone is starting to, you know, is starting to develop addictive behaviours, um, that again, there are things you can look out, out for to try and help them and, and, and prevent that from developing into anything further. And the first one is reclusivity. Is, is that person becoming more reclusive, more lonely? Um, you know, say, for example, in, in the context of a male friendship group, you know, say, for example, you know, very stereotypical, I have to admit, but say you're going to, obviously not, not during these times unless you've got a season ticket, but say you're going to hop down to, to, to watch the local team play. And, and say, for example, one of your friends is always there. He's always the first one there. But you've noticed that in the last few weeks, he actually hasn't been, he hasn't been up for it. He's, he's, he's used excuses, you know, I'm tired, I'm busy, I'm working the next day. Things like that, which, which before were not a problem. That can actually be a sign that, that you know, he, he's perhaps uh, falling into an addiction, which is taking up quite a lot of his time. And that's the way they go. Um, addictions, in a way, are, are very much like uh, toxic relationships. You know, they can start off as something that gives you short term fulfillment and satisfaction. But over time, they take up all your time and, and they actually really can affect your self-esteem, um, your, your, your levels of social interaction and, and other things which are integral to maintaining uh, good mental health. I think secondly, the second thing to look out, look out for, um, you know, added onto that, is, is, is um, sort of through, through messaging. Is a person still messaging and texting as much as they can, especially during a time like this? Um, again, if they're using their time unwisely, if they're, if they're showing changes in behaviour, um, they're, they're, they're probably, you know, they, they could be suffering from an addiction. And, and if so, it's, it's, a, it's a difficult fact. But addiction really can take over your entire life, especially if you've got an addictive personality. I think that's something, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll move on to in a bit. Um, and, and I think thirdly as well, if, if you've heard them, if you, if you do approach them about it, say, for example, you say to one of your friends, um, again in terms of social media addiction I've no I noticed that you're always on your phone you know you're always on it is everything okay you know you're always active you're always on your phone um is everything is everything all right if, if they start denying it if they start being quite defensive um that's actually another danger sign I think for, for looking at your, your you know your male friends and family members that that's a that can be a telltale sign that they've got something to hide that actually they feel guilty about what they're doing or that it's causing them harm but they don't want to admit to it um, and it would be very hypocritical for me to say that, you know, I've got it all together. I think there's, I think ev all of us uh, suffer, suffer from uh, addiction. I know, I know myself, I do actually have a, a signs which point to an addictive personality. So there are extra things I sort of have to be put in, put in place to be careful. Um, but yeah, Rob, I was just going to ask, well, talking sort of about the, uh, you know, the more, I guess, uh, uh, you know, personal side of the question. Um, have, have you noticed that in your in, in your own in your own life and, and those around you, have, have, do you? Do you think you have actually, you know, witnessed addiction and and sort of the the horrors you know that it can cause? Um, I think I think yeah. With with addiction personally, um, I feel as though I've been quite lucky that I haven't experienced it to the extreme. So definitely when it comes to social media, I've had those moments of where you you become so enthralled in it that it's very much a daily cycle 
and and something that when uh, I spent quite a bit of time whilst uh, within the first lockdown exploring kind of how like people use so social media and gamification. And I feel as though that when it starts to hit the point of that, when you're refreshing your Instagram page or your YouTube subscriptions, for example, and you're doing it without thought, that's where it starts to become that kind of uh, addiction. And addiction is definitely something that like a lot of mental health uh, illnesses I feel is like a spiral and that once you get into it you seem to go deeper and deeper and deeper and so I have definitely experienced it from a social media side um, and I have I feel as though I have seen it in people around me um, and it's not always been uh, kind of brought to the surface and it hasn't always been uh, clearly spoken about between friends and even close friends and it's it's such a strange thing because you don't think about it a lot of the time. You kind of, when you see it happening, you know it. You know something bad is happening, and you know that something is happening to that person, which I feel is quite a key symptom, like you spoke about, Luke, of that it can change a person massively in how they act and and their and their personality really can change. And so I think it's something that a lot of the time that I have seen it within some people that are close to me but we have never kind of put a name to it and we've never spoken about it enough. And so it's something that 100%, if I see it going forward more, I want to be able to bring it up with my friends or I want to be able to bring it up with the people that I see it within. And I want people to also bring it up if they see it within me, because it's definitely something that is very key. I think going towards more of the second question with solutions of that you need to be able to take a step back to look at yourself, but it massively helps if someone else is able to point it out because a lot of the time in an addiction, you're so deeply into it that you don't notice things and you don't notice the most obvious of things of how bad it is affecting you or um, even the most obvious things of how deep you are into this addiction. And so, yeah, I feel as though I have had some personal experience, but luckily not to the point that um, drug abuse, for instance, can take you. Uh, down a very dark path with addiction yeah 100 percent. i have to admit i did shudder when you were mentioning uh social media addiction because to to mm. you know to, to make a confession there was one time i was on instagram reels so much that i actually glitched out instagram mm. uh, <laughs> mark zuckerberg's probably like oh it's him again because I, <laughs> I, I i got to the point where i was actually going through reels so like you said um almost unconsciously um, mm. To the point where it was, it was a, it was almost like a automatic reaction. I don't know if you've ever sort of been looking away from your phone and you realised, oh crap, I'm actually typing without looking at the phone. You know, again, that's that's yeah. something we do so often, so much that in a way that's become sort of a, a low level, I'd say, addiction in a way because we're so used to it, it just becomes an automatic response. And um, looking into the brain as well, I know things like like pornography, they can actually cause physical changes within the brain. Mm. Um, which actually mean that in the future, you, your your threshold for withstanding, um, you know, that particular addiction is actually lessened. It, it, all addictions seem to affect the brain in quite similar ways. Um, but like you said, yeah, moving on to moving on to the to the next question, um, I, I would say, yeah, in my opinion, most addictions stem from a deeper root issue. And and to give some examples, you know, loneliness, depression, or other common mental health issues. Uh, in your opinion, I know you've already covered it uh, sort of a, a little bit there. What would you say are, are, you know, solid solutions that people can use to prevent these deep-rooted issues from growing into into the wider symptoms such as harmful addiction? 
So I, so I think kind of what I touched on um, partially is that side of that you need to be able to take a step back. I think when there have been lots of moments within my life, um, especially with my mental health of where you feel as though you have kind of got stuck down a rabbit hole in a, in so to say, um, I feel that it is very key for you to take that perspective, a bit like an outer body perspective of looking at myself and going, right, Rob, what are you doing here? Why, why are you doing these things or why are you involved in these things? Because then it starts to give you that broader perspective of what everybody else is seeing. And you start to realize whether you are being very much your authentic self or whether this is something that is kind of being pushed on by other factors externally. And I think something else which is very key with all mental health issues, be it to the point of where that you have diagnose depression or anxiety or it is just that you are in a low patch because um, I think that's something that that is struggled about a lot that, that isn't spoken about enough that people kind of um, that there are people at the extremes but there are also I feel that everybody goes through having those low moments and so a key point from that and a key point from if you feel as though you are getting stuck within possibly an addiction is that you need to reach out and that uh, People always speak about a support network, but a lot of people don't actually have a support network because it's not something you think about. And 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 this is coming very personally for me of that when I have been in the lowest point of my life, and I mean the lowest of low um, with kind of depression and anxiety, it doesn't matter who's around you. You feel as though there is no one there. And it's such a strange feeling, like it's to the point of where you have best friends who are messaging you every day, but you forget about them and you don't open up and you don't reach out. And so massively a big thing with addiction is that if you feel as though you're going somewhere, you will start going down the spiral. And it is very hard to get yourself out of that unless you reach out and gain help from others. And it shouldn't be seen as a weak thing either. It should be seen as the right thing to do and the brave thing to do because it's actually really difficult to reach out to people and to be open and honest about um, how you're feeling. And say if you are stuck in an addiction to social media, being open and honest to other people about it, that's the brave thing to do. It is certainly not a weakness and is a solution that I think people forget about quite a lot. Yeah, 100%. Um, I, I you know, couldn't, couldn't agree more. Um, and I think uh, something to note as well when when talking about this question um, is actually not all addictions are harmful. A lot of them, society anyway, views as, as quite positive. So, for example, um, I used to, uh, you know, still very much into sort of uh, exercise and fitness, but I used to sort of be really obsessive about it. And I'd feel really down if I didn't do a particular number of reps or sets or whatever or if I didn't do a particular exercise or if my form wasn't great you know or and 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 actually if it starts to impact your mental health and, and your body image and your self-esteem that's the point when it becomes a harmful addiction um and I, I think to, to to put some practical uh solutions out there if you're trying to get over an addiction the worst thing you can do is set yourself a date and say I'm not going to do this for this long you know um I'm not going to I'm not going to drink for for three weeks. You need to take it on a day to day, moment by moment, second by second basis, um, because the way that intrusive thoughts, addictive thoughts work, especially uh, coming from someone who has an addictive personality, um, they 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 sort of lull you into thinking that actually the place you're at with that addiction is comfortable, and um, and and they they 
they sort of give you constant reminders that if you leave this place of comfort, if you leave this addiction, you'll be left with nothing. Um, it's it's almost like if you're in a fight with a, a massive sort of sumo wrestler, you know, a massive uh, boxer, um, mm. the, the boxer being the addiction, and then you're this little sort of, uh, <laughs> you know, you're you're like this little person. You don't have any gloves. You're you know you're not dressed right. You've not been trained. That's almost where it's like when you're in the throes of a of an addictive storm. Almost you, that's how that's how it can feel. You can feel very small, out of control. But actually, what it's about is trying to starve that addiction slowly over time. Uh, if you go in for a right hook right at the beginning, you you know where you're going to end up. You're going to end up probably in the wall or in the next room. You know you're you're going to get you're going to get mm. sucker punched. Um, and you're going to be right where you started. You're going to have to crawl back into the ring and do the same thing. And that's what addiction is like. It's a toxic cycle. Going back into that ring, getting punched again, getting knocked out, healing a little bit, and then going back in the ring. What you've actually got to do each time, each time that sumo wrestler gets his rack of ribs and his steak, you actually need to be the one there turning the weight to back. And, and slowly over time, what you'll find is that actually if you replace that addiction with healthy things, so then actually you're the one, you know, you're the one eating and training and, 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 and gaining confidence, whereas your addiction is the one who's starting to, starting to starve and, and, and grow small. Um, what, what you'll find is actually over time, you'll be a lot more successful. So that, that can be things such as writing down a list of the pros and cons of that addiction. And I can tell you now that if, you, if, you're, in, if you're in a good place and you reflect about it, you'll find a lot more cons than pros. Um, think about long-term pros and cons, not, not sort of in the moment. So say, for example, to use an example, say, say drug addiction, um, pros, you know, it gives you, it gives you an escape from reality. It eases your issues. That, that could be two, two pros. But for those two pros, you've got 10, 20 cons, um, long-term health issues, uh, the impact that it's having on people around you, the ripple effect, uh, the impact on your efficiency, on, on your work rate. Um, and, you know, it can go on and on. Um, I, I think also um, there's certain addictions out there which can be particularly potent. And it, one treatment for, for that, going into, the, going into the, the second part of the question, um, you can do surface level things. You can say, for example, you've got a social media addiction. Make it difficult to get onto your social media. Put in screen time restrictions. Um, perhaps set territories. Say to yourself, I'm not going to bring my phone um, you know, into my room. I'm not going to bring it upstairs because they're the points I just lay down and just scroll for hours and hours. Um, you, you, there are points when you have to be hard on yourself, but you also have to realize that we are human and we fall. You're not going to be able to, it's, well, you, you know, no, nothing's impossible, but if, if you've suffered from an addiction for 10 years, um, it, it's not like you make a decision one day and then just never do it again. There are steps you have to put in place to ensure that. Um, and I think talking about the second part of the question, what you really need to do is just spend uh, time to yourself, thinking about yourself as a person, thinking about your personality and thinking, actually, what are the deeper causes that could be, that could be making me go back to this addiction again and again? Um, and and what I can say is that it, that's the much quicker option. Um, that's the again, it does take time, and and you do have to build strong foundations to ensure that you know you're you're stable enough to not fall for the temp, for the temptation or for the addiction. But getting rid of those deep rooted issues and and really coming to terms with them, um, although it may be traumatic or although it may be difficult, um, that's the only way you can really permanently stop symptoms such as addictions. Um, and what I'll say for that, I, I, I personally have had, you know, Christian counselling in the past. And, and I think something that we as men sometimes struggle with is, is, is actually just, um, you know, putting our pride aside and saying, actually, I do need a counsellor. I do need a professional. Mm. 
because addiction can be such a deep psychological issue that we do need expert help. We do need medical help. And what I found going to my counsellor, um, not necessarily with addiction, but but what I definitely found is that he gave me scientific um, education based uh, knowledge, which actually helped me understand the deep rooted issues that were causing my problems. Um, I, I'd say also, again, we can't stress this enough. Um, men, make sure you make use of your friendship networks and your support networks. Um, I think a lot of things these days are very superficial, but we need to go deeper and we need to be more open with each other. Um, your friends are a lot better at actually seeing uh, the effect that certain things are having on you than you are sometimes. We like to lie to ourselves. We like to pretend that things that are negatively impacting us actually aren't. And our friends can be the ones who can step in and be blunt and, and you know, use hard love to actually actually knock some sense into us and I've definitely found that in the past as well um but yeah I I, I think that again the two things there to take away if, if anyone's listening and anyone is in that place where addiction is really it's really crippling you and and you know you know that it's because of something deeper but you know that it's going to be so traumatic and emotionally expending to actually try and deal with it what I would say is please 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 try and reach out and and, and, and get a professional and you can actually get free counseling um, you know, through the NHS, through through edu if you're in education, a university, ask someone at your university because I'm I'm sure there'll be a, a support network in place for you. Um, and and if not, you know, and alongside that, actually, um, with your friends, if you notice that one of your friends is is really crying out for help and and they're finding it difficult, mm -hmm. um, and and you're seeing actually that their behaviors are changing negatively you know be blunt tell them um you know pride can be one of the biggest killers of actually people receiving help um because they think well if i say this to this person it might hurt their feelings it might impact them but actually in the long term um you know we as men as, as people we really do need to try and start confronting those deep-rooted issues um and then and then life life will be a lot lot easier for us it won't be perfect um but it'll be a lot easier um i don't know if you've got anything you know anything to add on the back of that rob um no i, I have to say i really love the analogies that you're coming up with uh, <laughs> especially like with your phone and everything because that's that's definitely something that i've realized especially within the past couple of months snapchat and instagram yes i'm on them but they're right to the last page on my phone i keep them way out of the way oh that's a good one that's yeah. that's a good tip i would just, say anyone just, anyone listening note that down <laughs> just as a way to keep them way out of the way um and this is more person to me i focus a bit more on linkedin but even some people on linkedin have found that to be very negative but I try and keep that as a bit more of a, a positive thing of what I'm viewing on there. Um, but no, it's something that I was thinking about recently that's kind of linked to all of this is, is something that you mentioned in your analogy with the sumo wrestler and that there are so many moments where it doesn't matter who the person is, but if you look deep into them and deep into their soul in a sense, there is a little boy or a little girl behind every big man or big woman or whoever it is, because it doesn't matter how strong someone comes across. There is always kind of that inner childlike person who needs that help. And so, yeah, it's something that with addiction, I think that it just needs to become something that is more spoken about and more accepted because 
everyone can have some form of addiction, be it an extreme one. Like we're seeing in America that it's going absolutely crazy with um, heroin addictions and that's becoming a huge thing. But it can also be the smaller things like we speak about with social media addiction. Like for some people that can go very extreme with focusing upon numbers, focusing upon getting the right selfie angle and the right number of views and all that. And, And it can even be the small thing of just the fact that you take a step back and you look on your screen time and then you realize, oh, my days, I'm spending eight hours a day on Instagram. That's where you start to realize that there is potentially something there. Eight, eight hours is quite low for me. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I have to admit, I have to admit, uh, I've got, have got into the, uh, you know, high teens before. And then mm-hmm. again, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's easy to laugh at, but in reality, you know, if, if, um, if you are suffering from social media addiction, it, it, it isn't a laugh matter because in, in all honesty, if you are stressing over likes and things, again, that hints at real deeper insecurities that can lead to worse things such as, you know, for example, um, is a subject I don't like speaking on, but I would say it can lead to even deeper things such as, uh, you know, self-harm and things like that. And it, it really can be, uh, like you said, a spiral. It really can be a, a, a slope um, where, and if you don't get your footing, if you don't, if you don't take control of it at the summit, you can really just tumble down and 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 lose your way. Um, but yeah, no, I I really really thought that was a what you're saying about everyone has that inner child. I think that was really powerful um, because yeah, a lot of the time we do like to appear as as being strong and as being um, you know impenetrable and, and wearing this armor when in reality um, we are all just you know we're all just a uh, fearful um flawed people trying to trying to do our best um I'm trying to get around in this crazy world right now <laughs> yeah more crazy than than usual um i don't know actually how i've got through uh this many episodes without mentioning covid much but, <laughs> but um but yeah no it really is it's crazier than than any of us could have ever imagined i was thinking yeah 2020 is gonna be a nice year you know second year of uni maybe get a bit more into the trail running a little bit of sunday league mm. and then coronavirus opens the door knock knock <laughs> you know and and it's a it's a story it's something we've all had to suffer from um we've all had to deal with and it i think it has actually pushed me to start this podcast because in a way it's really i guess this is a positive in a way it's really highlighted some of these mental health issues and um, for me personally i think it has for many people um mm. But yeah, Rob, on, on a, looking at sort of a, a wider level, bringing it out from the individual, um, bringing it out from that, you know, the small child crying out for help. Uh, how do you think the government and institutions, you know, such as universities um, and, and other educational uh, institutions can be more understanding towards those who suffer from addictive tendencies? Um, yeah, no, I think kind of being very relevant to right now. Um, yeah. I do love the fact that the government has now gone on to that we now have um, Dr. Alex, uh, who is now yeah. mental health ambassador. That That's fantastic as a step forward, but there is so much further to go. And I think, but personally, from my own uh, experience, there's so much more that universities can do because I've spoken to people who have been through the counselling system at universities and uh, and whatnot. And I find that is something that oddly, it's quite similar across the UK. Um, and that it is, it is very helpful. And if you are in that tough situation, 100%, I recommend try going to a counsellor. And counsellors are interesting because 
I I've found even personally, I've been I've seen about four different ones and that every single one is different. And so it is very much about that. If it doesn't work the first time, don't write them off. Do try other people and do try other places. Um, but yeah, in the wider context of it all, I think the government needs to uh, be hitting a point of where there is becoming commonplace that we are making sure that there is education about this because something that was massive when I was back in sixth form uh, was that we spoke about that we need this education, but nothing is happening. It's very much it may get mentioned once in an assembly and never spoken about again, whilst stuff like to do with educating people about mental health issues like addiction and educating people on the solutions um, beside that. That needs to become something that fits into the curriculum. Uh, for instance, when I was back at school, I was involved within a mindfulness course that happened. And this was literally we did an hour a week and it changed uh, my outlook and how my life was back then massively. I thought it was a load of uh, jumbo, so to speak. I thought that. <laughs> We were doing all these crazy things like you were eating a raisin and you were thinking about the texture, the taste um, and doing it with chocolate as well, uh, which I quite enjoyed. But um, it was one of those things of where you didn't think about much of it at the time. But once you got to the end of the course and once you'd been through quite a lot of sessions, you all of a sudden realized how much happier you were and how much more you were enjoying life. And so definitely it's something that needs to be integrated into education a lot more. And that this is something that needs to become a lot more open in the workplace as well, because I think definitely with addiction, um, because addiction can vary so much in terms of what the, that addiction actually is and how serious it is and um, how far it is taking that person and the consequences of it. It needs to be something that is considered in the workplace, because I bet there are definitely people listening to this right now who have an addiction for work. And I've known people in in, in my like space who have an addiction to work their hardest and to push themselves to the edge. And that's great and all when you can step back and go, look, I've done all this. I've done this many hours. I've achieved all this. But if you actually see how much it is affecting your mental health or how it's affecting people around you, it's just the classic thing that goes back to addiction of that no matter how great the reward of that um, drug or that use of social media or that object or that thing, there is always going to be um, consequences to it, whether those are negative or positive. Oh, 100%. I think one very interesting thing in there, actually, um, is that actually with with uh, one of my previous guests, they also mentioned uh, Dr. Alex. And I think that's very telling. Mm. Um, I know, look, again, a lot of people know that I have a very, uh, very choice views on the government. But <laughs> it's very interesting that that's been something that's been pointed out twice. And that tells me uh, that, 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 that that is actually quite worrying, I think. The fact that the fact that we only have one thing, one beacon of hope at the minute to focus on with how this mm. government is dealing with mental health, I think that is... It makes me makes me very anxious um, for for how the country is being run. I don't know if you you see where I'm coming from, but you know mm. it, it it should be the case that every week we have a new big thing to talk about that the government's introduced because mental health in itself. I've mentioned this before in in using the same terminology. Mental health. We are currently in a mental health pandemic across the world. The amount of suicides each year is going up exponentially, and. Mm again i i think if, the fact that we don't have a new big announcement every week that is positive about mental health about something the government's bringing in a new program you know new funding record levels of funding 
it, it's really worrying that actually um, we we only have this small beacon of hope to, to hang on to. And although that's great, it's amazing. It's a start. Um, it does show that a lot of work, you know, needs to be done. Um, mm. I think we need to see people who suffer from addictive tendencies as victims. Um, I think a lot of the time it's easy to look down on people with addictions as low lives, as scumbags, as people who don't have their lives together. That's mm. certainly how I've heard people, people who are addicted referred to in the media, you know, uh, by, by other people, um, by the government themselves in, on, on some occasions. Mm. Um, I'm sure you can imagine who, who in our current government would say something like that. Um, yeah. But w- what I'm trying to get at here is that actually people who suffer from addictions, the key word there is suffer. Um, they don't choose to have that addiction. I don't know why anyone would choose to have something that they're basically tied to that they know is causing them harm, that is causing them potentially an early death. Um, it's, it's not a choice anyone would make. The people who suffer from addiction um, don't want their addiction at all. No. Um, and if they could get rid of it, they would. And and that's why we need a structure, societal structure that actually welcomes people with addiction in with open arms rather than casting them out. And mm-hmm. I, I think, again, uh, addiction can, because, because it's something that we're scared to approach, one of the uh, evolutionary traits is, is when we're scared of something or don't approach it, we, we, approach, we, we react to it with humour. Um, a lot mm-hmm. of addictions, uh, one of the biggest fears that I've heard from people who don't want to discuss addiction is, is that they'll be laughed at, they'll be looked down mm-hmm. on people think it's funny and again i think as men i know you know banter is amazing okay and i I would never i would never put it down i think having a laugh every now and again it does so much for mental health and it does so much for a happy life but we need to be careful we do need to be more sensitive um about what we're laughing at say you're walking down the street and you see someone who's drunk uh, on the floor and and you don't know what that person's going through you don't know what's happened to that person in the last week or the last month that has forced them to that place. And again, I want to reiterate, they do not want to be in that place. Um, the reason that they're there is probably because of really disgusting and horrible things that have happened to them. Um, very rarely, it almost, you know, it's almost impossible to find someone who purposely wants to be in that place. So I'll just say for, for everyone listening, think twice, um, you know, the next time. This is to myself as well, because I know I'm guilty of it. Think twice next time. Um, before laughing at or making a joke about about someone who's showing really worrying warning signs of an addiction um on on youtube actually one of my again hinting at a social media addiction but never mind uh one of the one of the suggested videos was actually uh someone filming this this drunk man walking through walking through a shopping um shopping market yeah. and again people are laughing at him um, the, the fact that he was being filmed as well, I thought was actually quite insensitive because although that guy filming may have his life together in that moment, he has no idea where he'll be in the next few years. Um, and, it, you know, I, I think it's very telling of society that we're so quick to shame and judge people and take the mick out of people for their addiction um, because we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Any of us could fall into a really... Um, you know spiraling addiction at any minute um think about two or three tragedies lined up in the wrong i'm not trying to scare monger i'm just trying to sort of you know bring it home and and make it real um Mm. two or three bad things could happen to you which then force you into an addiction and then you may be the person that 
you know other people laughing at so i'll just say put yourself in in those shoes and uh this isn't taking blame away from the government i i think we just need i i think we need better leadership on the matter i think we do need uh, more things like appointing a mental health ambassador um but as individuals we do need to think about what we can actually do with our individual responsibility to try and help those who are in the midst of uh, an addictive uh, struggle um I, I definitely think as well yeah 100 percent rob I, I think um in schools and, and early education there's nowhere near as enough uh, guidance on it i'll say my my old school we did used to have some very good and informative workshops with people coming in who suffered from you know substance abuse and things like that and and that was really helpful um at an early age to receive that i'm so thankful and um mm that is something i actually think the government have done well on um in recent years the number of workshops and 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 things like that has actually increased um from from, from what i've seen certainly in my local area anyway um but again i think we need more i think we need it ingrained in the curriculum because it's so strange to me that education um the education system and the mismanagement of the education system is actually causing uh, quite a lot of mental health in and the majority of mental health in, in young children I would say it's a it's a it's a dual sword of sort of social media and education, and 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 therefore surely education is the point where we need to start rooting out these deep issues and looking at things such as addiction. Um, again, Rob, I don't know if you've got anything to to sort of add on to that, um, but but I certainly feel like education is an area where addiction can almost be cut in the bud. Um, yeah, no, definitely, massively, and I think what a lot of this leads to is um, something that I've actually been having a lot of thoughts about recently, uh, all to do with the fact of how we perceive mental health right now and what we're doing to help uh, people's mental health right now. Because saying back in the day or a long time ago, it would be very much right. Someone's feeling a bit crap. Let's go down the pub and have a few pints and you'll forget about it. And, and now people are so confused why there are so many more people that are coming up and saying, I, I am struggling with this mental illness and I, I'm, I have depression or I have this, I have that, or I have an addiction, whatever it is. And people are confused by why is that rising and why aren't we taking control of it? And a lot of it is, is because people are now being more open. And so the solution to go forward with that is to treat it like it uh, as it is. It is an illness. It is something that affects all of us. And it's something that, especially with addiction, it will affect you quite detrimentally. And so we need to go forward in supporting one another, having an infrastructure across the UK nationwide that is able to support people and help people. Because something I've learned massively with my mental health journey, even at a young age, is that resilience is something that is very key for you to pick up but the only way that people pick up resilience really well is from experiences so everyone who is going through this pandemic right now is picking up this power of resilience which will help them for the future but on the back of that you need to be able to have techniques you need to be able to have ways of getting out of that spiral that you can get into with mental health illnesses and disorders and so it, it's something massively with the infra infrastructure that we have that things need to change and education needs to change and people being taught how to use mindfulness, use meditation, use different techniques, as I've said, to try and get out of tough situations that everybody goes through in our lives. 
And and kind of on the note of what you were saying just quickly of um, talking about people's perspective and and I think yeah, it's it's good that we shouldn't scare monger people, but there are so many moments of where I have thought about what about if I was working and I lost all of my money, I lost my house, I lost everything, so practically I'm homeless. You've got to put yourself in those shoes sometimes because that can happen. That is a possibility. Yes, for some people it may be very unlikely, but it's a possibility for everyone. And I think that is where sometimes social media has its downfall. And certainly it is not what social media was designed for. But, yeah, I think they're kind of my finishing thoughts in my head around this. And I think everyone going forward, we need to learn how to tackle addiction and we need to learn how to make it more of an open thing and how to educate uh, people from even the young ages of a five-year-old all the way to now um, someone who is retired. Yeah. Uh, again, um, I can, I, I completely agree. And I think that's a really uh, nice, you know, sort of place to sort of wrap everything up because, um, you know, as you were saying, this is something that, again, um, it, it isn't restricted to an age group and it's, it's something that can affect everyone. It can affect all of us. Um and it, for some people in a very short space of time. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think we, 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 we covered a lot there. And for everyone listening, again, I hope that at least one thing from, from, from our podcast um, has, has really stuck with you and will help you, you know, in the next two weeks um, before, our, before our next episode. Um, again, uh, just a call out to, to, to everyone listening. Um, if you do feel like there is someone, you know, close to you suffering from any, anything mentioned today, please feel free to share, share this podcast with them um, or snip it from this podcast that you think could help them. Um, but yeah, thank you. Thanks so much for coming on today, Rob. Um, no it's, it's really good to yeah hear your opinion, hear, hear sort of your side of things. Um, so yeah, thank you for listening, everyone. And uh, I'll see you all in, in two weeks' time. Bye-bye. <laughs>